Well, hey there, podcast listener. How are you today? Like, really? Because if I could be honest, you're looking a little stressed out. And that's okay, because I've got your back. Because if you are feeling stressed out with life and work, left to feel unfulfilled, stuck, and ready for a new chapter to begin, well, I'm inviting you to change that. Because I want you to sit down with me and let's figure out a plan together, your life's roadmap, taking you from where you are right now and getting you to where you want to be. All you have to do is head on over to workwithkevin.coach. That is workwithkevin.coach to sign up. Until then, enjoy today's episode. How I write his book saying, hey, because my friends and my family and like my community coming together and not allow me to give up on life, you know, that's why I'm who I am today. I am who I am today, not because of my own accolades and I don't know, and decisions, but because of my mom, my dad, and the biggest thing is God, you know? And that's the biggest, biggest thing I got to Max that was God, you know, Jesus. But we can't be great people. We can't be inspiration to people. We can't be nothing without people loving on you and speaking life into you. So, so when I tell people, you know, I, I say thank you very much for the affirmations, but I'm only who I am because of my friends and family and God, you know? Welcome to The Lowdown with Kevin Lowe, the podcast shining light on the inspiring stories of ordinary people choosing to live out anything but ordinary lives, all in the hope that you will be inspired to live out your best life, because this life, it's meant to be lived, and this podcast is meant to inspire you to do it. What's up? Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Lowe. And this is episode number 95 here on The Lowdown with Kevin Lowe. First and foremost, thank you for joining me today. I'm super stoked to have you here. And I'm super excited to get to introduce to you the guy I'm talking to. Now, you may have guessed from the title of today's episode that we're getting a little crazy and having a whole lot of fun with today's guest. His name is Shawnee Whitaker. And I've come up with a creative way to describe to you who this guy is. And I came back to the ingredients to go into a cocktail. That's right. We are hitting up the poolside bar today for the cocktail that I have named the Shawnee Whitaker cocktail. Made with two shots of love, one shot of pure awesomeness, and a splash of crazy. You shake that up with a little ice. And you have yourself the Shawnee Whitaker cocktail. (laughs) Now, what's cool is on today's episode, we're going to be sipping on this cocktail all the way through. And Shawnee, he's a really amazing guy who has overcome adversity. And to be honest, when I look at Shawnee's story that you're about to hear, I realize how crazy beautiful life is. How the hardships we face today, we have no idea how they're going to impact our life of tomorrow, how they're going to mold us into the person that we become. And when Shawnee had an accident as a teenager, I look at that and I realize, wow, look at how that has set him up to become the man that he is today. 
a man who is using his own adversity to now inspire others, to inspire me. Because Shawnee is an adaptive surfing champion doing stuff on the water that most people can only dream of doing, like myself. Yet Shawnee's doing it with only one leg. Because as a teenager, Shawnee had an accident that left him an amputee. You're going to hear that story and so much more inside of today's episode. Today's episode is being sponsored by my coaching business, Kevin Lowe Coaching, where I help people turn their challenges into opportunities in the way of starting a new business that pulls on their passions and their desires and leaves them with a career that has them feeling fulfilled. And that's what I've done in my own life. And now I'm helping others do it in theirs. If you're interested in learning more about working with me as a transformational life and business coach, please be sure to check out the episode show notes, or you can always just visit kevinlowcoaching.com. All right, here is my interview with adaptive surfing champion, the Shawnee Whitaker cocktail, or we'll just say, Shawnee Whitaker. You know, I was a young kid just uh, trying to make it, you know, in the world as, a, you know, growing up from elementary school to middle school. I had some great friends that, uh, you know, that we all started surfing together. Probably around, like, I was 11 years of age. I lived a good life, you know. We have a very unconditional family. You know, my family... Parents were divorced, and my father was an addict. He passed away at 39 years of age of heroin overdose. But, um, you know, so therefore, divorce, not a lot of money growing up. But um, the Whitaker house had lots of love, you know? Love, love, love. You know, we we, we told each other. We showed each other. So um, even though my, my childhood wasn't by the norm, it was very unique, you know? And so, um, you know, fast forward, you know, then... Um, I always played sports my entire life, football, basketball, baseball, surfing, then wrestling. You know, just uh, had a great young childhood. You know, young, I was a life of uh, bliss, pretty much. And then yeah. on um, the December 16th, 1989, uh, me and my friends were driving to the beach early one morning. And I had to work that day, so therefore I drove by myself. And so my friends were behind me in a uh, Volkswagen bus. Mikey, Jeff, Chris, CC, David, and also Nam. Over there on 415, that's when we got a car accident going to the beach, and um, me and his car collided and lights out. It lights out, takes it off. So, you know, then fast forward, I, um, I was in a coma for 28 days. I was in the hospital three and a half months, you know, and I sat there, woke up in the hospital, I looked down. And they took my spleen out, so my liver up, and I looked down and I saw my leg wasn't there. And um, it's pretty traumatic. And I was informed that I was involved in car accidents. I was informed that I lost half my leg. So that was pretty much the start of my beautiful life. Because yeah. I tell people that my loss was actually my gain. Yeah. I lost half my leg. I found life. I found Jesus. If I had to go back and do it again, I would change that one thing. Yeah. So, I love it. So how old were you when that happened? I was a 16 and a half. So I just turned wow. 16 in June. And so I'm a new driver. I had myself an old orange Mustang, leather seats, no AC. <laughs> it was <laughs> bright, orange, and ugly. 
Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but my parents like, I was like, what is this? Like, you don't want it? We'll take it back. I'm like, okay, I'll take it. So, uh, so yeah, but, you know, I was 16 of age, yeah. Wow. Wow. And so I can't help but look at this similarity to my own story and the fact that, you know, I was 17, so basically the same age, you know, when, when I found out that I had the brain tumor and then went into surgery and, you know, and came out of surgery, you know, to be left completely blind. Again, this life-changing event that, you know, as you kind of said, it's almost almost say a pivotal moment in your life where it's kind of almost like the the both the ending and the beginning, you know? Yes. And yes. yeah. So tell me, so did they tell you what caused them to have to cut off part of your leg? Were you trapped? Like, what was the scenario? Uh, I guess, you know, I got, I got hit my driver's side door. And so my left leg, where it got amped, where it got crushed, was so mangled, supposedly, that they couldn't save it. And um, the guy who actually amputated my leg, Dr. Williamson, I was his first amputee patient. He had before amputation on. So I was his very first patient. Oh. <laughs> You did a great job. Yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, it, was so, it was remarkable. Yeah. Yeah. Now, was that above the knee or below the knee? With the grace of God, it's below the knee. You know, when you start yes. having amputations above the knee, that's a game changer, you know. But, uh, yeah, it's below the knee by about seven inches below my knee. And so I still have uh, my knees, the flexibility, so I'm able to kind of walk pretty good these days, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So... So here you are, you're, you know, 16 years old, living life, headed out surfing, and now you have this totally life-changing event happen. What did life kind of look like in those those years after? I mean, was it not only the physical, but I mean, I can imagine the emotional toll as well? well it's kind of weird, Kevin. When I got in my accident, I was taken to the Halifax Hospital over there by the 2500 in a speedway. Yep, and, um, yep. The community came together and set up a Sean Whitaker Surf Trust Fund. You know, we didn't have a lot of money, so my friends came together and they had surf contests, car washes, basketball tournaments, dances, flower sales, and they raised over $34,000 for me. Wow. In about three and a half months before the internet, before GoFundMe, you know, so it's um pretty crazy. Yeah, and yeah, so, it um, is. And so, and, and I had so many visitors come visit me up at Daytona Beach that they moved to my own personal room. They said, Mr. Whitaker, you have <laughs> visitors. And so, um, you know, I, so I sat there and Kevin, I can, to, I, I, I can honestly tell you, I can honestly tell you that I was only sad one time in the hospital. I woke up, dramatic, all this is going on, missing legs, friends coming and going, loving on me, praying for me. But then... I was sad one day, and my friends would always go surfing. And on the way back from the beach, they stop on in the hospital. What's up, Shade? You know, talk to me. And one time I walked in there, they walked on in, and I was kind of emotional. They what's going on, Shawnee? I'm like, I don't want to talk about it. Like, no time, what's going on? I'm like, why can I die? Like, why can I die? Like, God, look at me. And I'm thinking to myself, what girl is going to want to date me with one leg, you know? And I weighed like 132 before my accident. I was down to 80 pounds in ICU. So uh, my friend's like, Shani, don't ever say you wish we'd die. You know, without you, our parents would disown us all. I wouldn't be kind of good parents, you know. Secondly, yeah. we miss going out, you know, going out chasing girls with you. But most importantly, 
we may as well go down and circle with you. I'm like, wow. And they all bent down and gave me cancer. Shine, I love you. And remember, they left, boy. And we left the hospital that day, man. I cried for about two hours. And it, that was the only time I was ever sad in the hospital. And since then, wow. I've just been full of a, I have a vision of just a, of a, of a life and make my mom proud, and my, my family proud, my friends proud, you know? So, so I, got, yeah. I, got, I, got, I got a second chance of life, you know? So, uh, yeah. so, I mean, it's a blessing. Yeah, blessing. Because, because I mean, let's face the reality of, of the fact of it was a pretty massive car accident, and it could have been worse. Well, they thought you know six, they thought for sixteen days because my pelvis moved half an inch. They sat there and said that there's a possibility I could be paralyzed because your pelvis moved yeah. half an inch. That's pretty far, you know. And so, yeah. um, one of my best friends, Cece, who was behind me the accident, Cece Roberts, who actually. Um, was a professional wakeboarder and we grew up surfing together. Unfortunately, um, like I want to say seven years later or 12 years later, wasn't involved in the car accident. And he's now a quadriplegic. And due to the grace of God, he just has a fear of uh, not giving up, you know. And now he's actually, um, he's doing great now. He drives. So over the years of biofeedback, this kid has actually just took a tragedy and turned it into a life of uh, a bliss, you know. And, um, but you look at that situation where, like, it can all be worse, you know? Like, a C.C. Roberts yep. kind of makes you realize that even on the worst yeah. things in life, you still get through it. Yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. So now, how did it work? I mean, back then in, in 89, when your accident was, as far as prosthetics, and I mean, over that time, I mean, I'm sure the technology has just advanced dramatically what has kind of been your your story as far as that goes? Well, it's kind of weird. Like, you know, back before my accident, I've never heard of an amputee before, you know? It wasn't the norm, you know? Now, because of the Iraq wars and, you know, the you know people losing legs and, you know, arms, you know, it's it's more of a common thing. But back in those days, like, what does that mean? Having an amputee uh, prosthetic leg, you know, it's never even seen it before, you know? But uh, the technology of prosthetics has gone through the roof and through the grace of God, it's kind of funny. After my accident, I was a sophomore. I started wrestling in high school. Said, okay, uh, after your accident. After my accident, yeah. After my accident, I started okay, wrestling. Okay, okay. I wrestled on one leg, you know, and, and so, uh, you, know, you know, my first year of wrestling, you know, like the picking teams, I wasn't one of the first guys to get picked in my entire life. You know, <laughs> athletic, you know? So I'm sitting there, no, pick me, pick me. You know, like, I'm the one-legged man, you know, so I was the last one to get picked. <laughs> And so it was pretty sad, but, um, you know, and my coach, coach Rick Tribbett, was a new coach at Lyman High School. He said, Shawnee, you know, I'm Rick Tribbett, I'm your new coach, and, you know, I'm going to be honest with you, you know, I'll be there, we support you, but chances are you might win maybe two or two matches all year because you're accident, you're new. I'm like, wow. I thought to myself, okay. And I'm thinking inside my heart going, oh, my God, this is terrible. Like, I've always been athletic. I've always been pretty good in I do. And so um, I gave me the drive to work harder. To go deeper, and uh, my first year, I won 18 uh, 20 matches. And, uh, <laughs> I was one for one on varsity. So, uh, and then my, my, my coach, Rick Trevitt, at the end of our season, like this kid, I know he was. So, and in the year, he's uh, he showed me that uh, I have a heart of a lion, anything can be happening, you know. So, uh, so yeah, so, so Rick Trevitt was one of my uh, by my all time best coaches in life, you know. Yeah, and so and we still talk to this day, and he's a uh, Great man, but uh, probably the best two years of my life wrestling. You know, it's amazing. Wow, it's amazing. wow, wow, wow. 
And so, so you did that without a prosthetic at all? What it was, my homeroom teacher was Coach Hess. This is his last year at Lyman High School as, as a teacher slash coach for wrestling. Okay. He coached my older brother, Michael. He said, Shine, why don't you wrestle next year? I'm like, wrestle? I got my leg. <laughs> so he brought in, a, uh, he brought in a, uh, a video of a guy named Willie Sargible from South Florida who won state on one leg back in 1988 or 87. Oh, wow. So I was like, what's, come on, let's do this thing, you know? So, um, so we fast forwarded and, um, and I pretty much got me going wrestling that whole year, you know, and, uh, and wrestling to me, you know, it's just probably one of the best sports in the world. And through wrestling, I have uh, gained lots and lots of great friends, lifelong friends, friend Jason Purcell, who went to Bishop Moore, friend Bryce Duba, you know, that's my accident. So kind of going back to the question about prosthetics, after I graduated high school, the head coach went to Park said, Shawnee Whitaker, this is Coach Rouse. He's head coach for wrestling. What's that, Coach Ross? He said, listen, um, I have this guy named Bryce Duba who has one leg and he's a freshman. He wants to wrestle. And I thought, would well, you want to do volunteer work? I'm like, volunteer work? Absolutely. So I meet Bryce Duba, soaking wet, 100 pounds, you know. And uh, <laughs> we were wrestling, you know. So he's, he's sitting there in the middle of a match. He's wrestling one leg. I'm in the corner of the mat, one leg. A little freak show, you know. The coach one leg. <laughs> And so um, it's so funny where it's like, Shawnee, when I get older, I'm going to go about sex and make your free leg. I'm like, wow. I'm thinking to myself, he's a freshman in high school. He's going to change his mind a thousand times. Well, I get a phone call five years later. Who is it? It's Bryce Duba. Shawnee Whitaker, what's up? Who's this? Duba. What's up, Duba? He's like, listen, man, what's up? He's going to talk. And, you know, he's like, listen, I want you to know, do you remember that free leg I always promised you? I'm like, yeah. He's like, well, I'm a practitioner now. I make prosthetics. I'm like, what? <laughs> and he's like, my boss, Stan, is venting his new leg. And uh, I'm talking about you, sharing articles and videos back in high school. And he wants to be one of his first patients to try his leg on. I'm like, what? So I walk in there, and I meet this guy named Stan Paris. He's all big, all buffy, you know, he's all jacked on, you know. And all of a sudden, back in the days, when you're empty and you're stuck, right, you want to be nice and hard and callous, like about your foot, you know. Callous means, you know, it's, Topper, you know, less abrasion source. So I took this old, so when you as an amputee, you're very proud of a nice hard callus stump, you know? <laughs> okay. And so I'm sitting there, I'm like, um, and Stan's like, take your leg off, so take my leg off, you know? Like, oh, he licked my leg, he's all kind of dead skin, you know, hard callus. He's like, this ain't good. I'm like, it's not good. It's like, this is not natural. Your stump should be like a baby's butt. It's be soft. And I'm thinking to myself, like, soft? That sounds like lots of abrasion and sores, you know? Yeah. He was like, I'm looking at Bryce, like, who is this guy? Dr. Borky? This guy make, this ain't making sense because what he's saying and what's was our truth, our reality in that kind of world was just like off the charts. Yeah. And before you know it, uh, I looked at Bryce and I remember Stan, I might get emotional. Stan reached across to me and puts his hand on my arm and says, trust me. And that's been um, probably about 17 years now. I stomp is like a baby's butt, soft like a baby's butt. And I never, ever, 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 ever get sores on my leg. I've done a half marathon before, mud runs, 5Ks, and my leg is baby's butt soft, softness. And so my doctor, well, my practitioner, Stan Patterson, has pretty much took the whole prosthetic world of advancement and changed the whole whole concept of what prosthetics are and how they perform now. So, so yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's Wow. It's so yeah, okay, so, so. okay, so so okay, so I got some questions about this whole baby's butt soft stump thing. Okay, so I, I guess I'm trying to figure out 
why was your stump all callous and stuff to begin with? And then how, I mean, how do you keep it from being like that? Because I would feel like that would just be naturally what would happen, you know, right. as like you're on the ground wrestling and you know what I mean? Stuff like that. So, you know, the, the stands of Stan Patterson, you know, my practitioner, his whole philosophy of life is that your legs should be natural, you know? So the process back in the day, when you walk them, you know, they let blood flow properly. I guess I'm trying to, I probably, that's what say. And so without the blood flowing and because of the, uh, the rubbing of, of the prosthetic and your, your stump, you know, it, it became hard to get, like, like walking around your, your foot. If you never walked on the ground, if you never walked on cement, you know, you'd have soft feet like babies, you know? Yes. So, so Stan's like, your stump should be natural blood flow, you know? And so he created this thing called a suction leg, right? Uh-huh. Which allowed the leg to blood flow properly on your stump, you know? And so it wasn't tight and restricted, you know, cutting off blood yes. flow and whatever. I mean, you're talking about a game changer. Like it was, yes. it is like, it's world renowned. Like it's yeah. beyond life changer. Yeah, yeah. No, okay. That is so wild and so awesome. Something that I just, I never even thought about that before. Now, do you have different prosthetics for like different, like depending upon if you're surfing or you're just living normal life or just one that does it all? Yeah, I got three legs. I have a, a walking leg, you know, for my everyday life use. And then I actually have a serpent leg, which is a little more waterproof, you know, because okay. salt water is bad. And then I have the blade, the blade for when I do my run. You know, I do. Okay. Yeah, exit it's a lot. It's, yeah. Yeah, I like to run, you know. Yeah, of course. So, okay, so... You have your accent. We then get into, you know, Mr. You know, awesome wrestler. How did you get back in the water surfing? Tell me about that. Well, it's pretty amazing. Back in my accidents, you know, you know, they came together and they raised all this money for me. That surf contest for me, you know, ESA. And they actually raised money for me. And also all my surfer friends, you know, just came together. And all of a sudden, um, my shaper, Greg Geiselman, and his wife, Gina Geiselman, um, even, even doctors say, Sean, because your pelvis, you know, I broke my left femur bone in half, an amputation of my leg. He's like, Chance, chances are you might never ever surf again. You know, I'm like, what? And so I cried, you know, but um, my friend's like, no, no, no. So my friend, Greg Geiselman and Gina Geiselman, his wife at the time, walked into my hospital room with a surfboard saying, Shani, you ain't giving up. And so um, fast forward, after I got to the hospital, I'm going to the beach, and my two great friends named Jim and Shane Overly down Bethune Beach were surfing, you know, we're hanging out, talking. I wasn't supposed to be in the water surfing because my left femur broke in half, had a metal rod there, and so I wasn't always healed, healed yet. So I'm sitting there all of a sudden, we're hanging out, watching people surf. I mean, I want to surf. I'm like, no, no, Shawty, your, your mom will kill us. No. So anyways, <laughs> I go out in the water, and I'm paddling along with Jim and Shane, and and my boy Sal and Jeff on them, and Jim and Shane, like the brothers, overly is like, hey, hi. And my nickname back in the day was Little Bit. Little Bit, that was my nickname, you know? Like, hey, Little Bit. Okay. Right, let's catch a wave. So I remember paddling for a wave, and now I'm a thune, and I remember I kind of paddling, but it's kind of about a dump, so I kind of backed up. All right, so I, I pulled out a wave, and I forgot Jim and Shane, all right, Little Bit, you go, go for it, go for it. So the next way I paddled, I got on up and I started surfing. My back leg slipped off the back of my board. 
landed on the sand on the uh, oh. sandbar. And all of a sudden, I hear it. I'm like, what the freak happened? I'm like in pain. I'm crying. And all of a sudden, um, we go to the hospital. And I actually got x-rays in my leg. I bent the rod in my femur bone from my uh, accident. My mom. Went uh. to the so my mom was freaking livid, boy. Like She's like, I'm going to kill Jimmy Shane overly. I wasn't going to the water, you know. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, Lord. And I was with my doctor. But it was kind of a blessing because where it broke my femur bone and out like three places, it created more bone marrow, which created more strength for my, my femur. So it's kind of a blessing in disguise that happened that way, you know. But um, I was like, I'm in trouble, boy. I'm all like, I told you not to go in the water. I'm, like, I'm sorry, mom. But yeah, kind of so fast forward, you know, just uh, going back to prosthetics. You know, it's just as a with POA. It's called Prosthetics Orthotics Orlando. They got people from all around the world that come for these legs. You know, it's amazing. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Well, that is so, wow, so, so awesome. And what an absolutely hysterical story, though, about about this first time back surfing when yes. such a typical teenage boy who yeah, should yeah. not be in the water. Everybody's scared of mom, <laughs> what mom's going to say. And yet, no, 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 let, let me out there. And of course, you know, that never ends well. And mom well, finds out. And, you know. she, was mad, she was mad, boy. I said, like, going to the hospital, actually. Even my doctor was mad, too. I told you, Sean, you got to go do the athletic. So, yeah, I'm not much of a... Yeah, a, yeah. So, so I guess, so I'm curious then, what did kind of life happen from there? You know, especially, you know, in terms of, of surfing and stuff. I mean, was it through once you really got using prosthetics and stuff? Is that what really changed the game, like getting you back out there? I mean, what, I'm, I'm just kind of curious to to know what, after that point what happened. Well, you know, over there at POA and Sam Patterson, my, my boy Bryce, they invented a new leg. So even when it comes to surfing, getting these legs, I don't let water get in the legs, you know, and it gets all kind of sloppy and, you know, flopping around so much, you know. So now, um, you know, Connecting back with Bryce Duba and staying at POA and also um, these new prosthetic legs that they make for me. It's just been a game changer, you know, where now, you know, back in the day, you sit there and you get in the water and out of two, three waves, your leg starts moving, you know, shit's around, has water in there, you know. So now we have these legs that are, are tight and water's not getting inside of the legs, you know. So um, it's just a situation where it's like, um, you know, then the, the stand, my, my practitioner, you know, he, he surfs, so we're going to Costa Rica, we're going to Puerto Rico, and we just started, you know, started surfing crazy all the time. And before you know it, that's when um, I heard about the Adaptive uh, Surf Contest that came up in California, where um, the owner of Reef Sandals created a, uh, a surf contest for people with handicaps. So if you're blind, quadriplegic, paraplegic, missing an arm or a leg or, or whatever, we have different divisions for this contest where you can serve, you know, and represent USA. Yeah. yeah. Wow, dude. So so how long has that been going on? I want to say the first contest I went was in like 2007, I believe. Seven, okay. Seven, no, 2016. Maybe 2016, yes. But yeah, it's a okay. okay. California. So it's pretty good stuff. Yeah, that's so awesome. So now I'm curious, though, before, because I want to talk to you more, ask you more about this competition and stuff that you're talking about. But when you started back surfing and even today, when you're just out surfing the beach, 
what kind of reaction do you get from other surfers when they realize, oh my gosh, that dude doesn't have a leg? You know what I mean? Like he's handicapped, and and I would only assume, you know, you're probably putting a lot of them to shame. So yeah, well, <laughs> I just you know, I mean, and as is so normal, you know, people go, oh, "Have your leg," and I mean, I'm like, "Oh, a shark," you know, what? Yeah. Shark? <laughs> I'm just joking, but it's, uh, it's now it's like you know, I think you know, in life, kind of with you and your blindness, you know, it becomes the norm, you know, and so it's not different, it's not unique because. For 17 years for you, for 32 years for me, it's the norm, you know? So um, I think it gets, yep. makes it, um, there's definitely a, a side we realize that, you know what, you know, that, hey, you live a life that don't stop, you know? I think it inspires people, you know? So um, it's amazing that, uh, you know, with technology of surfing, with the love and friends of my, of my family that I'm giving up, that I'm able to, uh, and surf is kind of like, um, like when you sit there and you have a bad day or what's, what's going on in your life, you know, work, business, relationships, you know, when you powder on the water, man, it's just you and the ocean and God. Like you don't think about bills, you don't think about your work. It's like, it's, it's my outlet, you know, where it's going out. I serve, catch some waves, glorify God. And, you know, I just thank God for all that I have. And um, it's, uh, it's amazing. You know, it's, um, it's, yeah. Serpents, uh, Serpents is just the biggest blessing in my life yeah. to be serpent, you know? Yeah. Well, I can tell you this much is, too, you know, the ocean, I think, itself is is such a powerful force and a powerful being. And, and, and I can tell you from my perspective of sitting on the beach, just sitting there listening to the ocean, that's one of the greatest things that I love the most right. is listening to the, the power of the ocean. And I totally get what you're saying. It, it is, you, you kind of forget about that you're different than anybody else. Sure. You're just focused on the here and now. And what a lesson for, for all of us in life, you know, no matter if you have, you know, something you've been going through or not, is just getting back in tune with what really matters in life, you know? And, and that's just it, you know, I mean, it's like, I've heard, it's basically, um, he's like the founder, I think, of Operation Surf. And it's like, wait, he takes these vets who've gone through the war, have PTSD, are missing legs, arms, you know? And he gives a whole whole four-day weekend of surfing. So the people that have been in water at all, you know? And they're quadriplegics or missing arms or PTSD. And we celebrate them. We love on them. We push in the waves. And I actually volunteered one time down in Cocoa Beach probably about six years ago. And he's talking about what the water of the ocean does for a person. I mean, it is a life changer. These people are pretty scared in the ocean, you know, trying to catch these waves. And all of a sudden after the second or third day, they're dropping on these big waves, you know, they're crashing. <laughs> like, you know, like, oh, I'm sitting there going, here comes the wave. Oh, don't hold, don't, don't go, don't go. It's about to dump them. They jump yep, on it. Yep. They go head over the head over hills. I'm like, you're going to break your neck, you know, but uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it is, it's, and I really, you know, the healing of the ocean goes so deep, you know, it really does. It really does. Yeah. You know, even, even for you, you know, sitting at the beach, you know, you're blind, but I want you to know, we actually have a person in the, uh, in the adaptive surf contest named Scott, right? Okay. Who's blind, who's blind and catches waves. He's, he actually, he's, like, he's a world champion. He's like, he is a full-on blind dude who catches waves from the outside and 
starts all the way inside. It's amazing. That's now. Does he have a some type of like spotter, or is he literally just going by sound and the feel of the ocean to know he, when he, he, had, catch he, had, a, he had a spotter? So okay. I got there on okay. the board. Like, right, here we go, Scott. I'll see paddles and maybe other little little signals, you know. But it's yeah. absolutely amazing. Like amazing. Like, yeah. Yeah, that is so cool. So now one question I wanted to ask you about you surfing. So obviously when surfing, your your back leg, the the leg on the back of the board is is kind of I what steers it in your power leg. So is that your leg that you have or your leg that was amputated? So for me, I'm, I'm when you're a surfer, you're either you're either a regular foot. Or a, yep. a, goofy, a goofy foot. Yes. <laughs> I'm goofy foot. So my back legs are left. And so my legs are empty, it's back leg. So for me, wow. I, I, for me, I believe that um, it's better that my back leg is amputated. For mere fact, because I have my knee, I'm able to still pump and catch waves, you know. Okay. But, uh, compared to if it's my front leg was amputated, well, it's harder. I imagine it's harder to clear my leg up because it's so st- you know, so yeah, you know? so, yeah, so definitely blessed okay. that my left, my, that's in my back leg, you know. Okay, okay, that's cool. I was the whole time I was thinking it would be just the opposite, so that's no. pretty wild. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, okay, if I, that's if I, cool. If I said I had my knee, so my knee, you know, I, I drop on in, you know, so yeah, um, yeah, so, so so it's all about the clearance, you know, so the back leg goes of course. Further, you know, compared to going to the very front, of course, of course. So so let me ask you this. So a surfing competition, like you're talking about this adaptive surfing competitions, are they set up, you know, any different than a regular surfing competition? I mean, or I'm just kind of curious how it works. Well, this guy named Charles and Shaka, he has a, he's actually a quadriplegic, he's a I believe. And um, he has a foundation called Stoke for Life. So the contest in California, I surfed about four months ago. He sponsored it. Through the help of him and other people in the uh, in the arena, we are now a ISA, which is an International Surf Association contest. So, like Kelly Slater, who's like a 11 time world champion, he's an yep. ISA world champion. So now we got a first sponsor, which actually will actually will be getting paid. So, if you come in first, second, third, there'll be prize money. And at the end awesome. of the year, at the end of the year, um, my last tournament in California. There'll be a person who will be a world serpent champion adaptive. So yeah, so, uh, it's, 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 so now this is, this is all brand new as far as being ISA um, credentials, but uh, it's really, really big. It's really, so next year will be three stops, one in Europe, one in Hawaii and one in California. So it's getting bigger. It's getting wow. bigger. So that's, yeah, so yeah. So my friend Charles, who's, um, you know, um, the owner of Silk for Life, He's a big uh, reason why that the Adapt Serpent is getting so big in the ISA. So it's amazing. So sh- shout out to you, Shotgun. We love you, kid, man. You're the best. The best. <laughs> I love it. I love it, dude. So awesome. Well, well, Shani, man, I just want to thank you so much for for coming on the podcast, for sharing your story. And, and I guess, you know, most people, when we think of your story, when when I think of your story, I think of, okay, the big part of his story is the fact of his accident and becoming an amputee. But in fact, no, that's just the starting line. 
the race has been and the part that we're paying attention to is the life that you've continued to thrive in after that accident. And and listening to you about surfing and, you know, it's just one of those like moments, inspiring moments that I'm like, you know what? We just, we never realize what we're capable of until we're thrown into the ring and, you know, we have a choice. We either fight or we give up. And you, you've kept fighting. You continue to fight the fight and you're just thriving in life. And, and I just love it, man. Well, I say this, Kevin, that, you know, you know, I mean, I get all kinds of affirmations saying, Shawnee, your inspiration to die. And it's, I'm beyond humble, you know, but, you know, I'm actually writing a book. My girl, Amy, I love ghostwriter. Love you, girl. Writing a book. And the book is called this, Kevin. The book is called Because of You, I Am Me, The Story of Shawnee Whitaker. And this book talks about how the, I'm writing this book saying, hey, because of my friends and my family, and like my community coming together and not allow me to give on up on life, you know, that's why I'm who I am today. I am who I am today, not because of my own accolades and I don't know and decisions, but because of my mom, my dad. And the biggest thing is God, you know. And that's the biggest, biggest thing I to Max that was God, you know, Jesus. But we can't be great people. We can't be inspiration to people. We can't be nothing without people loving on you and speaking life into you. So so when I tell people, you know, I, I say thank you very much for the affirmations, but I'm only who I am because of my friends and family and God, you know. Um, so to live a life that I'm living, I have a huge type of coaches around me. I got a best friend from Jason Marcel, my boy Mark Dessoni, and I got, you know, my boy Roddy Lackey. These people are constantly speaking life into me to live bigger, be bigger, dream bigger, and achieve more, you know. Um, and so, um, like I say, you know, I am nothing without them and without God. So, uh, you know, like I said, uh, so it's, uh, the books kind of let you know, you know, you can't be great without great people speaking greatness to you. So, you know what I'm saying? So it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. No. And no, dude, I, I absolutely love that. And, and I couldn't help but think of, of a motto that I created for, for myself back when, when I was going through the hard times after losing my eyesight is I came up with an equation for myself. And it's exactly what you just said. And that equation was faith plus family equals a life worth living. I love it. I love and, it. And for me, that was it, man, is that's what I tell. And that's what I share with people. As I say, I'm like, my story, what I overcame, I only overcame it because I had my faith. I had my relationship with Jesus Christ. And I had my family right there by my side every step of the way. Amazing. You know, amazing. and. And so, and that's what, when I, when I listen to you and, and you, you have so much love about you, you said it from the very beginning, you came from a family of love yes. and, and you know what, man, that's what this world needs more of. You know, I think when, when we can open our eyes and, and see, see people for, for who they truly are. You know, not not what our eyes see, but what our heart sees and in and, and, and knowing life, not, you know, based on what we see, you know, the world is, but what it truly is. You know, that's man, that's what life is. I thought like, like Jesus says, come as you are, you know, come as you are. We're all broken. We're all exactly. bozo, we're all bozos on the same bus, trying to get the same destination, you know. So <laughs> you know, so I say, you know, exactly. and, and, and I believe that people want one thing. 
and they want to know that they're part of something bigger than themselves. And, you know, unfortunately, we have a lot of lonely people out there, you know, and, and we live in a very unique world, you know, that um, all social media is supposed to bring together, more separated. But that's I mean, I, I love people, and I need people where they're at because, you know, you know no one's better than each other. But um, just love on people, inspire people, and just, you know, just live a life that glorifies God. And that's all we can do, you know, every day. Amen, man. Amen. Shawnee, thank you again, man, for, for being on the podcast today. I can't wait for for my audience to get to hear this interview, to get to hear your story, to get to meet you. I'm truly, truly thankful. Well, first of all, I said thanks. Shout out again to my sister, Terry, because, you know, we have yet met, but watching your podcasts and looking on your on your social media, man, you are an inspiration yourself, man. You are an LC, which stands for a life changer. And these things here with podcasts, it's it's amazing what you do. I want I want to acknowledge you and thank you for uh, allowing me to be here with you today. And uh, I love you, man. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, man. And for you listening today, you know, I, I hope you've taken something away from this interview greater than maybe what you thought it was going to be about when you pressed play. Because as you can see, the story of Shawnee's life is the story of my life. It's the story of so many people's lives is, is spreading love, making people feel loved. And, you know, when we spread love in this world and, and we, we feel happy, we do happy, it makes the world a better place. So from the ocean to the land, from the sea, the shiny sea, let's just uh, make this world a little bit better place by uh, showing some compassion from love for one another. And you know what? At the end of the day, when all else fails, grab a board and head out into the waves. And that's the lowdown with Kevin Lowe. I hope today's episode inspired you, motivated you, and excited you to get out and enjoy life, no matter what obstacles may be standing in the way.